Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. Good. What are you doing? Hello. I just had an oh. awkward moment. A very awkward moment. With with Blizzard, with Austin. What is his what is his deal? So Okay, the little tater tots. Welcome to episode I don't know, and we have got something pretty serious for you today and the reason that we're going to talk about this this is literally spur of the moment because the three of us just had a deep conversation and because we're in the midst of it I feel like it's going to be the perfect time to start recording this episode right now about how do you know when it's time to go meaning how to meaning meaning this right here if you are in a relationship that you know you are seriously unhappy with but you love this person to death. You would do anything in the world for this person. I mean, it, you have went uh, to one edge of the earth to the other edge of the earth for this person. But when you have become so unhappy that for so long you have only thought about that person's happiness long enough for you to continue to stay, that you don't even recognize that you have literally just put yourself to the side to stay in a relationship, not for you, but for the other person. So how do you know when it's time to go? Lissa, you need to title this freaking episode <laughs> that very same thing. Okay? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell you when I knew when it was time for me to get a divorce. Okay? And... The entire time I was married to my first husband, okay, for anybody who doesn't know, which I'm sure everybody does know this, I got pregnant at 15. I had my oldest son at 16. I met my first husband at 17. I married him at 18. And for the next six years, I had three more children. So three more children within six more years, okay? And did we have some good moments? Yes. Did did I love him? I did. But let me say this. I did not love him like I love my husband today. And I think that I, I was just looking for a family to be a part of. I was looking for someone to be a, a good father to my son. Uh, I was, because you got to think about it. I had been on my own for three or four years since my mom kicked me out. Uh, and then I, and then when I met Randy's family, I fell in love with them, which they are still my family today. So it, I think that I married him for for every single wrong reason in the world, other than I was in love with him. But I, I did love him. I did love him. Okay, but for six years, I lived in absolute hell. I was pregnant the entire time. Every time I would have the baby. I'd find out he was having an affair. He would get mad at me. He would physically attack me. He would put his hands on me. This was all done in front of my children. It, I mean, it was horrific. It was. I lived in absolute hell for six years. And the fact that I did it for six years still surprises me today. And one day, he did not have, because he was secretly doing... Okay, so for a long time, he was dealing with an addiction that I didn't know about. 
He was addicted to pills. He was, he was basically, he would do anything that somebody gave to him. Okay. But his main thing was he had a serious addiction to pills. And one day he had been out all night long and he didn't come home. He was hanging out with his friends, probably having another affair. And he come home and did not have any more pills left. And I guess the, the mere sight of me just pissed him off so bad, he decided to take a baseball bat and attack me with it. And I still have problems today with my right ankle because he hit me in my right ankle bone. And if you were to see it right now, you can see like how uneven it is. It's, it's terrible. But I, my son, my oldest at the time called 911. Okay. Mm-hmm. My son called 911. And when the ambulance got there, I rem- I had called I for- I don't I don't even know who who ended up coming down there to watch the kids but when they were wheeling me on a stretcher I looked behind me and I seen all four of my babies looking through the window with their little hands on the window just looking at me looking at the freaking paramedics taking me away and putting me into the ambulance you cannot freaking imagine how heartbreaking that was for me to turn around and see my babies staring at me through the window after what they had literally just witnessed their daddy did to me. That was my moment when I knew it was time to go. And I did. I never went back. I, I got out of the hospital. Miss Jenny, you've heard me talk about Miss Jenny before. Miss Jenny and my uh, friend Sarah come and picked me up and, you know, they just kind of basically nursed me back to health. All me and my four kids went to Miss Jenny's house in this tiny little two bedroom. Yeah, it was it was crazy times. It was really crazy times. But that was my moment when I knew it was time to go. And I just think about I don't think people really realize like how much of their happiness they sacrifice after they've been in a, whether it's an unloving or it's a narcissistic relationship or it's an abusive relationship or it's a relationship that's filled with addiction. Like, I don't think people really realize until it's like you're worth nothing how so much of your happiness you give away to somebody else that would never give it back to you. Like you just do anything and everything you can for them. And all they do is suck the living life out of you. Mm -hmm. So by the time you finally get away, you're worth absolutely nothing. Your self-esteem is completely gone. You feel like you're never going to be loved again. You feel like you're not even worthy to be loved again. You feel like you're too ugly. Nobody's going to want you. I cannot tell y'all like all the feelings I had because he was an extreme narcissist, like extreme. He was very, very controlling. I could not go to the grocery store by myself. I had to take at least two children with me. That way he knew that I was not out cheating on him. Okay. Um, he never did anything 
at all for me, ever. There were moments when we first got married that he was good to me. But then the first time I found out he cheated on me, it was like our marriage was completely doomed after that. And he didn't just cheat one time. He continued to cheat with multiple women. Like, I can't tell. I was so afraid, so afraid that I was going to catch an STD from him because I didn't feel that he was, I mean, I just felt like somebody that's just out there cheating with anybody, they're probably not being responsible, okay? And it happens all the time. People step out of their relationship and then end up, you know, catching an STD and bringing it home to their their person they're with. It happens every freaking day. So yep. I know, so you can judge me for that, but I know the realist, the reality of that. And I was afraid it was going to happen to me. I literally was going into my OBGYN like every two months because I just thought any moment that it was going to happen. I mean, thankfully it didn't, but I was afraid. And it was just, it was a life of hell. So that, that was my moment. That was my moment. And, you know, every day, especially on, you know, social media, there's so many people that are starting to speak up about regarding what kind of relationship they're in, you know, where there's a lot of narcissistic behavior. There's a lot of gaslighting. There's like all kinds of this awful behavior going on and nobody ever is willing to give it 100%, like they, they'll take 100%, but they won't give it back. And I'm, and I'm so frustrated when I hear these stories because it's like, wake up. You fell in love with each other, okay? You fell in love with each other. If one of you is acting a freaking fool, wake up and acknowledge and take accountability for your behavior because you can change. Anybody can change. But if you really, really love that person, then you will do what needs to be done. Like, my husband made changes. I made, I'm talking about my husband now. My husband made changes. I made changes. But it took the both of us together to make the changes at the same time. You can't be having some one person working on the relationship and the other one just soaking it up. It don't work like that. Then the other one starts feeling resentful and then stops trying. And it, it just, I'm getting heated. <laughs> I'm getting heated. I'm getting really heated. What do you think your breaking point is, Marissa? Where, what would your breaking point be? I want to know that. I want to know that. I think that for me, um, it's really hard for me because... <clears throat> me because when I love somebody I love with like my entire being and I care deeply about them even when I know it's not the right situation that I need to be in and it's hard for me sometimes to put myself first because I didn't grow up that way you know I grew up thinking you know you have to be loyal you have to 
stick it out because the rough patches will go away and the good stuff will come back. And sometimes relationships just end because one person is on one path and the other person's on the other path. And I think I have a hard time when I think like that, separating like logic from emotion. Um, in my particular case, I, I, I usually gravitate towards the emotion part and I don't really think logically sometimes when it comes to deciding whether or not I want to end a relationship even if it's just with a friend it could be with a friend too but in this case we're talking about um, significant others but Rissa let me ask you why do you think people stay so long even when they're in an unhappy relationship because you know what I'm talking about. People yeah. will literally just stay. Is it because that's that they don't like change and that's what they're used to and that's all they know? Like, what is it? I mean, I think it can be a multiple, multiple th- um, answer. So, like, there's the people that never had it modeled for them growing up, so they just think it's normal. There's the people that don't want to be alone. They're so petrified of ending up alone that they're willing to settle. There's the people that haven't found the love for themselves inside of them they've only ever searched for it in other people and so they don't know any different and so for me I think I I typically in a relationship in my past relationships I have I have hated the idea of ending up alone or being alone or like not being enough for somebody and so it's almost like If I were in a relationship and the person wasn't happy, I would do everything in my power to make them happy. And I don't think I even realized that I was doing that. It was just something that was ingrained in me at a young age to seek validation from other people and not realize that the validation I'm seeking is literally inside of me. Like, I can find it myself. And so... I have to agree with that because I, I need validation from Derek that he is happy with me, that he loves me like, okay, so, and I'm gonna get personable and that's fine because I'm, I'm very open. Like I'm very open with my followers. I don't, I don't think that I, I really keep anything from nobody, but so I'm gonna get really personable so that people can just understand me. Um, and for any young ears, just fast forward through this because I, I need to I need to go I need to go write it off for a minute. Okay. So y'all know my husband is a truck driver and he leaves uh, either every Sunday or every Monday and he comes home every Friday. Well, we're without touch, okay? We're without touch for those days. So if when I get off work Friday, typically, you know, Derek is already here. And if I don't walk my behind straight out there on that front porch where he's sitting at and give him a hug and a kiss, he's going to come looking for me because he, he loves that. He loves for me to come and find him on that porch and give him affection. Okay. Well, my thing is this. Okay. So if, cause I'm always, you know, watching TV or doing something like that in the room. And Derek watches it in the living room with all the dogs. And I can't I can't go in there and sit with him because the dogs get stupid. So I just let him have his dog time. And then when he gets ready to come to bed, he comes on in here. 
Well, it's like, if he don't get in this bed and just love on me, I immediately start thinking he doesn't want me. I'm dead serious because I'm like, okay, you've been without me all week. Why are you not wanting all of this? Okay. And (laughs) that's literally what I think. And it has nothing at all to do with that. Okay. Because I will fall asleep at what, 1030 at night and he's in there watching the, the, the UFC fight or whatever. And then I'm thinking to myself, well, damn, he just don't want me. I'm just not attracted no more. I'm almost 40 and I've lost my glow. Okay. (laughs) That's really, (laughs) that's really what I will be in this room thinking. Yeah. And then, and then guess what happens? He comes in here about 1130 and wakes me up after Mm -hmm. I've done sat in here for two hours thinking that I'm ugly. Okay. (laughs) And he comes in here and can't keep his hands off of me, but I need validation from him physically physically Mm -hmm. not the emotional kind i need it physically from him because when he wants me i feel wanted right that's the best way that i can explain that so i that's that's my validation from him and i know that might sound you know crazy because a lot of people it's not emotionally you know that's not crazy because it makes complete sense to me. He's gone all the time because of his job. Of course, you're going to want to feel validated by him through physical touch because you don't see him physically. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. And I'm going to I'm gonna talk about something that I've never spoken about ever. And please do not... Um, think ill of my husband. He is wonderful and I'm so proud of him. And he's amazing. He's literally the best thing ever happened to me. This man has never cheated on me. This man, he's wonderful. Okay. But let me tell you where this physical validation comes from. Okay. So when we first got together, what, 15 years ago, um, he too was taking pills. That he was. He was taking pills. And he decided to go a different route, which was a, um, uh, what is it? Like, uh, what is the name of that word that medicine people take? Um, anyway, so he got on some medicine to, I can't, I can't, to get off of the pills. Okay. Is it Suboxone or whatever? Uh, y- yes. There you go. There it is. Okay. So... It's not that one. It's the other one. What's the other one? Okay, I don't, I don't know. know. It's not. No, it's not the. I can literally doctor. like it's on the top of my. Okay. Anyway, so he gets on some medicine to get off of the pills, right? And the reason he done that is because he was like, "Yep, there's an issue here. I'm gonna fix it, but I feel comfortable doing it this way." And then again, I want to become a truck driver. So, okay, methadone. So there you go there you go okay so for one year one year he took the medicine okay and then they they slow and he went through therapy he went through group therapy he went through individual he did all of this during this entire year okay um and then here's here's where i'm getting to my story um when you when you tell your doctor, hey, look, I'm I'm ready to come off of this now. 
And so that way my body doesn't have to have anything. I think I'm ready. I think I'm mentally ready and I'm physically ready. And I, I, you know, I think I can do this. And he really believed that and which was great because he was extremely successful. But here's what happened though. So every week for, I think about three months, they were tapering him down. Okay. So that eventually they could get him down to just so low of it. He just barely, he didn't even need it no more. And that's, that's actually what happened. So it worked out perfectly for him. They did everything so good for him and I'm forever grateful. But, um, so when you were on that medicine, it completely takes away your sex drive. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, for that entire year, I took a hit. I took a hit. I did not believe that what he was telling me was the truth. I thought it was me. I thought he wasn't attractive to attracted to me because back then, I, I, I mean, I've, I've lost. Okay, so in the first year of us being together, I gained a lot of weight. I thought I carried it well. I, I still do. I thought I carried it well because. You know, it doesn't matter how much you weigh. You you can you can be a hot little thing, okay? Weight is not an issue. But I, I you know, to me, I carried it well. And everybody told me that. They they told me I looked so much healthier and so much better. And you know, I I felt good about myself. I did. I really felt good about myself. But it that happened. That weight gain happened during this moment of his life. And when the two of those things happened together. You can only imagine what I felt in the inside and how I took that to heart. Right. I took it to heart. I knew it was me. I was like, that's it. I, he's done with me. He's just not attracted to me. Well, it took it, it, it took me doing some research, a heck, a heck of a lot of research to understand that what he was telling me was the truth. And the proof was in the pudding because after he got completely off of which he is uh 14 years sober now i think that's awesome 14 years sober now um so he the second that he got all of that out of his system and became a truck driver he went to truck driving school for six weeks okay and he came back and he was completely different he couldn't keep his hands off of me completely different so i, I i'm saying that because now I'm always scared something's going to happen like that again. Well, and also your history with your previous husband doesn't help that. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, like that's the thing is, was Derek as bad as Randy? No, he wasn't. He he wasn't nowhere near Randy. And matter of fact, he, he nipped it in the butt before it could ever get bad. So right. I'm grateful for that, but you you still have to line him in the line for somebody who will forever be in recovery. You know what right. I mean? Because he made the decision. Even right. you know this this person who's in recovery may have did a crap load of blow for thirty years, but this one over here could just be you know uh, taking five pills a day. You, you can't compare. Yeah, I was I was talking more towards the uh, the idea that your ex husband would cheat on you a lot. So I think there's yeah, but you know prob- what probably I, if somebody told me right now that Derek cheated on me, I, I swear to God I wouldn't believe it. 
And right. Because- I know. I'm not saying that Derek would ever do that. I think what I'm trying to say, and I'm execute, uh, executing it really poorly. Um, I think like that that adds another layer to you wanting that physical validation because if you don't feel physically validated, you're thinking like, oh, is he doing X, Y, and Z? You know what I mean? I like, gotcha. You know what I, I mean? Gotcha. Like, especially that first year, whenever he was on that medicine, and I did, I yeah. did. I I completely thought it was somebody else, and he. I mean, he would get so frustrated with me trying to explain to me, babe, you don't understand what this medicine is doing to me. Like the poor thing would go to work every day and come home and just lay in the bed. It was right. like the worst year of his entire life, even though it, it, it got him to where it is today. He is today, but it, it did not. We, I mean, we could have, we could have divorced back then. Right. I mean, is his whole demeanor and attitude just every single thing changed with him even about the way that he thought about himself mm-hmm. I, it was it, it was it was terrible but yeah. when he came back from that six-week driving school course he came back a totally different person That's because great. at that time he had been two months free of of anything of of mm-hmm. the the medicine and everything so, and, and does that medication have longer effects? It does. It does. But obviously it was enough, you know, not affecting him to where it was going to affect our, you know, sex life, physically, mentally, all of the above. But so it's like now if he comes home and he's not, you know, you know, grabbing me to jump in the shower with him, I start freaking out and having anxiety like I did 15 years ago. It's right. it's bad. It's I, I'm still like I still deal with that. And mm-hmm. and it's and and we talked about when we were out yard sale on Saturday. We were out yard sale on Saturday. Um and I said I said, babe, you've not touched me in seven days. What is happening? I mean, I was I was trying to be serious, but he busted out laughing and he said, It's just seven days, babe. I just got home last night. I still got two more days. But mm-hmm. it opened up the conversation with him telling me that he wants me to initiate it more. Well, it, a lot of times that's hard to do because I, I'm so mentally exhausted every day from juggling everything that I'm juggling. You can ask Alyssa. I had to pull her in yesterday to do <laughs> yep. so much stuff for me that I, I can't, I, you know, I got a lot on me. But I know how to listen to my husband and I know what he needed. And that very night I initiated it and I will continue to do that as often and as much as he needs me to, because that makes him feel good. I had to think about how it makes me feel good when he makes me feel wanted. Well, I need to make him feel wanted as well. So, you know, it opened up a good conversation about it, but you really take with you, like in those relationships that didn't last, you really take pieces with you to the next relationship without you even knowing. Yep. Without you even knowing. Definitely. And and even with family dynamics, it's not even just like you take things that you learned in childhood into relationships and you have to be really careful not to not to put that in a new relationship it's hard and I think 
Um, I don't think I even answered your question about how I know when it's time to go, but I was just sitting here thinking like, if you're in a relationship right now and you're thinking to yourself, is it time for me to go? It's probably time for you to go. I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. (sighs) It's so hard though. It is hard. It's so hard for people to have to make an adult change like that. Because that's what I call it. When you have to change something in your life that you don't want to, always call it an adult change. Because nobody wants to adult. I don't care what anybody says. Mm -mm, No, no, ma'am. Nobody wants to pay bills. Nobody wants to go to work. Nobody wants to do it. And it's it's all adulting. And Mm -hmm. we don't have to make these hard decisions like that until we become an adult, until we experience love for the first time, until we experience loss for the first time. It's it's just difficult. But I'm going to say this. And y'all listen up because this is serious. Listen. Anybody who stands up and makes the decision for themselves to walk away from a relationship that you know you've given anything you could have to, it takes a very brave and strong person to realize it's time to go and I deserve better and I can make this work by my damn self. Because when you start having the time and the space to be able to start working on healing yourself, better things start coming into your life, including better people. Yep, that's true. And love yourself first before you go looking for it, because that's something that I wish I could go back and tell myself is just, it's okay to be alone. Sometimes you need to, you need to be alone. Sometimes it's okay for you to sit and be like, what, what's going on? You know, like you need, you need that before you rush into another relationship. You know, it's funny. And I can't believe we're talking about this now because it didn't dawn on me the topic we were going to talk about until the three of us were having an in-depth conversation. But for whatever reason, while I was driving to work this morning, I thought to myself, if something terrible ever happened to Derek, God forbid, the love of my life, I'm not sure I would marry again. I'm not right. sure because I, I I like being by myself. Um, yeah. I like my alone time. I think, I think like for me, like I like being by myself too. Like when I say that, I mean like, I don't like to feel lonely. No. I'm fine with being by myself. I'm fine with staying at home, watching TV, reading a book, like chilling by myself. Like I'm all for it, but I don't like the feeling of being lonely. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. They feel lonely when they break up with someone. So then they're like, okay, well, that piece that that person filled and I don't know how to fill it on my own. So I'm just going to go over to this person and they're going to give me this piece. And what ends up happening is you end up with all these pieces from all these different people and you're full, but you're alone and you don't have peace because you don't have your own person inside of you. You have all these bits and pieces from all these different relationships that never worked out because they were never supposed to happen because you were supposed to fall in love with yourself first. Mm, Sorry, mm, just went on my rant because that's something that I have been learning in the last few weeks for myself. And 
I'm 33 years old and I have never truly loved myself. I have always been searching for someone else to give me that love, for someone else to give me that validation, for someone else to make me feel like I'm enough. When the entire time I had myself to tell me those things and I wasn't listening because I didn't want to be lonely. So don't make me cry. So don't make me cry, Rissa. Well, you know, it's just, it's, it is life, right? You know, you're searching for all of this stuff that's going to make you happy when the whole time you're searching, it's like, I don't know if you believe in God, whoever's listening to this, if you believe in God or the universe or a spiritual being or whatever, they're literally screaming at you like, stop searching. It's right here. But it's so hard to trust that when you feel so lonely. Lisa, do you think since we've started this podcast that you have learned a lot for when the time comes that you are going to be ready for a relationship? Do you think that you have been given more insight by this podcast than you've ever gotten in your entire life? Yeah. Honestly, though, like I, these past few months and everything and with the podcast and like everything I've learned about myself and I genuinely don't think that romantic love is for me. What do you mean? Like, I don't think that it's something that We've I... We've scarred her for life. No. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, like I'm saying single forever. <laughs> no, you can't. Just but listen, no. you're gonna... You're gonna crave that... That human physical touch. So you but, can't like, you just... Can, you can get that from other people. Like, I was talking to my sister about it the other day because... She's like, you've never been in a relationship. Is that just because you're, like, closeted or what? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know, okay. Count on her. <laughs> Call me out harder, but. <laughs> um, and I'm like, no, like, honestly, I can picture myself, like, I'm not even trying to be funny right now. Like, I can genuinely picture myself living alone with cats. So, listen, that high school award that I got, going to be a crazy cat lady right correct (laughs) (laughs) but like I can genuinely picture myself living alone with animals and like just being surrounded by friends like I genuinely don't think that I need romantic love in my life to be happy but I I don't well okay well that's a good place to start at though because if you if that is what you want for the rest of your life then that's what you want but also if one day you decide you know what I think I would like to date you at least have that solid foundation of you're okay with yourself. Yeah. Like, I look for validation on other people. Believe me. Y'all know that. <laughs> but, like, I, I don't know. I don't think that I need it. I just feel thing. like, I, I mean, and I, I think that's a great thing. I think I do. I think everybody should, you know, be okay with themselves first. But I just feel like after so long, you're going to need, you're going to need that you're going to need that affection and physical touch. You're going to, I don't know. So you tell me right now that if Lexi Gray didn't say, Hey girl, what's up? Okay. Well, (laughs) if we're talking about, (laughs) if we're talking about her, (laughs) who, wait a second. Who the hell is Lexi Gray? 
Oh, Lord. You you have been friends with me for almost a year, and you don't know who... <laughs> no, who is she? Oh, my God. Oh, Grey's Anatomy character, but the actor... Rissa doesn't know the actor's name. No, um, I don't. Her name is Kyler, and I freaking am in love with that woman. In love. Is, uh, is that her? What's her real name? Her name is Kyler. Okay, so her name is Kyler Gray? Kyler Lee. Kyler her Lee. real name. Let me yes. Google this. Let me Google <laughs> Let me see. Or Amelia. <laughs> You're telling me if Amelia didn't call you up. But that's not reality. Who the hell is Amelia? <laughs> like, what? what is happening? Amelia's okay. anatomy. <laughs> okay, all right. You, no, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I got a girl crush on somebody. Oh, I would, I would snatch her. Okay, listen, <laughs> um, y'all. Okay, th- that that TV show Orange is the New Black. Yeah. Okay, what's her name? What was it? Ruby Rose. Honey. Oh yes, girl. Honey. Yes, honey. <laughs> Kyler looks like her, kind of. Ruby Rose. No, all nobody day. tops Ruby Rose. That heifer Ooh. right there. When I yes, tell girl. you, I was questioning myself. I oh, was yeah. sitting on the sofa thinking, is this really what I want? Do I really want this <laughs> married life? <laughs> no, Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose oh, will make anyone question. Lord she, have mercy. My God. I mean, can we let's just talk about her for, for a minute. <laughs> she is one of the most beautiful women oh, yeah. I have ever. She could be free. Let me, she could have no makeup on. Nothing. She, nothing. Let's hope she ain't got nothing on. But she <laughs> she is, said, "Let's hope." <laughs> I've never seen a woman with an with just the most beautiful natural face in the entire world. Like, who created this thing? God. <sighs> I mean, yes, she was Lord. something. Thank you and for first your of creation. All, where is she? Like, I have not seen her <laughs> in like two years. Where is she at? <laughs> Look, I'm looking at her right now online. Lord help us all. <laughs> she went Lord, to go listen, look up Kyler. She just gave up. Mama Tot to ride. You need Mama Tot needs to reach out to her. I bet she would answer. Everyone she, knows and loves Mama Tot. Lord, just honey, I swear. To <laughs> 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 oh, you and everyone else. There is a there's another girl on TikTok. I, I don't know her name, but I swear every time her behind comes up. I tell myself, it's, I got to get off TikTok because she <laughs> is okay, but she is, and I don't, I don't know what you would call her. She's not, she's not, she's not feminine. What's the other word? Masculine? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and then when, let me tell you something, when she puts on that damn pantsuit and Stop, is it Megan the, Mitchell? I, I think it probably. Oh Fuck off. God, yep. Yes. <laughs> I am in love with her. No, ma'am. That she's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, none of y'all can have Emily because she's taken by someone else. Listen, I'm a lesbian. Me- okay, <laughs> Megan Mitchell. Is that her name? Yeah, I think so. Let me see. Okay, so she'd be on TikTok. Okay, so Megan Mitchell TikTok. Let me um. No, no. This if podcast has is... took a turn. Thank God. <laughs> no, I don't think this is the right Megan Mitchell because this is pulling up a newscaster and I'm not attracted to her. 
<laughs> Are you sick? <laughs> what the fuck? Listen. You are a 22-year-old closeted lesbian, and you just said you're attracted to a newscaster. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I'm dead. Okay, this I'm was... This, this, is, this is what's so funny. This is what's so funny, because I guess as soon as I said pantsuit, Lissa immediately thought I was talking about her. Because if you Google Megan Mitchell TikTok, all these photos pop up with her and these newscaster outfits. Yep. yep. <laughs> oh my I'm God. Dead. Okay. Once again, our podcasts are filled with nothing but ADD symptoms. It's always. And we have went all over the place. <laughs> but listen. <sighs> rom- yes, ma'am. I don't need romantic love. I just. I don't know. <laughs> We you're have gonna, ruined. You're gonna her. want it one day. You're you're gonna want it one day. You're you're gonna want to know what all the hype is about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the hype. Woo. <laughs> I'm oh just saying. I'm just saying. Like you can't be in the closet in your parents' house for all your life. <laughs> That closet is in too damn small, okay? That poor closet. <laughs> oh my god. Fair to God. Why is oh my god. Oh, that was the first time in in this whole year that I've ever heard Marissa snort. Oh yeah, I snort when I laugh. <laughs> 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 oh, Lord. When I tell you that I live, live for Rissa's laugh. <laughs> My old baby laugh. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. This podcast is over. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I do got to tell y'all about something. I got to plug something. Ain't that what they call it? I got to plug, plug it in, girl. Okay, so for all of our listeners, I got to tell you about something. Okay, so I have been invited to be on a cruise, okay, March 27th through April 3rd. If you want to be on this cruise with me, along with It's Polly B, Johnny Blue Eyes, Heather Shaw, and Madge and Biscuit, all on TikTok, it is the first ever of its kind, a creator cruise. Mm-hmm. So if you Fancy. want to reserve your spot, you can do so right now at creatorscruising.com. Well, you know and... you're going to catch me and Lisa on that cruise. <laughs> Y'all's anxiety is too high. <laughs> um, so the first 50 people do get a $100 credit to use on the ship, which uh, that's kind of nice, actually. But you will get to spend the entire cruise with whoever your favorite creator is, okay? Um, they're going to have something like, you've got a breakfast with me. Um, there'll be shows. Heather's got her comedy. Madge and Biscuit. Like, it's, they have That's so awesome. much fun stuff planned. It's, I mean, I'm so grateful that they ever even thought about me, actually. And it's making um, where, okay, so here's the thing. So everybody knows I've been saving for a cruise. Um, and I was going to 
take it this summer, but then I switched jobs and it didn't work out. So this cruise is actually going to be happening the my anniversary month, which is amazing. And I'm so excited for this. And if you want to be a part of it, again, you can go to creatorscruising.com. Melissa is going to put that information on my website. So you can go to it and you can check out some of the other creators that's going to be on there. Um, and then I'm just, yeah, if you want to be on a cruise with me, well, here you go. <laughs> we will try to, we will try to uh, figure out some more cool topics we can talk about. Um, but I'm really, I actually, I, I really like this episode and I'm glad that we did it and. I just hope it helps some people, and we love you all. We really appreciate y'all listening, um, because that's the only reason why we do this. We love each other, but we are tired on a Thursday night, um, so we do Except this for me, because I don't do anything. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Goodbye. We love y'all. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>